0: Good morning, Village Church. Hope you like the new pulpit. I'm a a real preacher now. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. If you have your Bible, please open it to Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. In the late 80s and early 90s, uh, one of my favorite TV shows was was Quantum Leap. You know, This show followed Dr. Sam Beckett. He would leap into the body of someone in the past. And every time he would make these leaps, he would go back and try to change something that went wrong in the past. He wanted to to correct it. So this morning, we're going to take a quantum leap. This morning, so to speak. We're going to return to the book of Judges. We're going to go back into the life of Gideon. We're not going to leap into his body. We're not going to make any changes in his life. We're going back to observe and to learn. We're going to observe and to learn from his life. The last time we we saw Gideon, the Lord had ordered him to go down against the Midian camp. To go down against them. But Gideon was afraid. He was afraid to go. The Lord ministered to Gideon's fear once again. He told Gideon to to go get his servant, Purah and, and for both of them to go down to the camp together. He was sending them behind enemy lines. He was sending them there so that Gideon could get the reassurance that he needs. You see, Gideon needed to be reassured that the Lord was going to use him to defeat the Midianites. He needed reassurance that the Lord was going to use him to deliver his people. He needed reassurance that the Lord was going to be faithful to his promises to him. The Lord knew Gideon was afraid. He knew Gideon needed this reassurance. And the Lord provided it for him. He provided it for him because the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. The Lord told Gideon what was going to happen once he arrived at the camp. He says, when you get there, the Lord tells him, when you get there, you will hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Today, we're going to hear these words. We're going to finally hear the words that's spoken in the camp. We're going to see Gideon get the strength that he needs for battle. We're going to see the Lord give victory we're going to see that the battle will always belong to Yahweh. So if you have your Bible, Judges chapter 7, I'll begin reading at verse 9. That same night the Lord said to Gideon, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with who are your servants, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura his servant to the outposts of the armed men who were at the camp. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and, and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number, as the sand that is on the seashore is in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. He said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. Behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent, struck it so that it fell and turned upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God had given into his hands Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. Let us pray. Father, as we come to the preaching of your word, we desperately need your spirit to move. We desperately need him to move. This is just not something that I just say because I like saying it. It's because it's true. We do nothing. We understand nothing apart from your spirit. I don't care how much education we have or how many titles we have in front of our name. If you don't move through your spirit, we understand nothing in your word. We understand nothing about you if your spirit does not give us this understanding. Everything that we know, everything that we come to believe, everything that we embrace about your word and the gospel, is come to us because the spirit lives in those who know you by faith. It's never us. It's always you. And so you know your people. You know what we're dealing with today. You know those who are here. You know what they're dealing with. So Holy Spirit, do what you can do. Do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to minister. Change hearts. Convict. I call upon you to do that. Not just in their hearts, but my own heart as well. I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Who's familiar with the military phrase recon mission? Recon mission. If you're in the military, I'm sure you know what a recon mission is. It's a military operation uh, where where you go to get information about your enemy. Now, recon missions, they they are non-confrontational missions. You're not supposed to engage the enemy in combat. You're supposed to go and observe the enemy, observe their resources, Observe what they're doing. Observe what they have going on in the camp. How many soldiers they have. Where's their equipment. So you just go there to find information. You're not supposed to engage in combat in a recon mission. So similarly, Gideon and his servant are on a recon mission in the camp of Midian. They're not going there to to confront them. It's non-confrontational. God sends them there to observe and to listen to a certain conversation. And Gideon... It's the main one who needs to listen because he's the one that needs reassurance. He's the one that's afraid to go to battle. And so what he hears is going to give him courage. It's going to strengthen his hands for war. And make no mistake, Yahweh is sovereignly overseeing everything that takes place here. Even though Gideon has to be responsible and go down to the camp, the Lord is still sovereign over everything that takes place. He's the one's doing it. The battle still belongs to him. Psalm eighteen thirty four says The Lord trains my hands for war. The Lord trains my hands for war. Psalm one forty four one says, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. The Lord is the one that's going to strengthen Gideon through what he hears at the camp. It's the Lord doing it. He's always the one doing it. We can never lose sight of that. So he sends Gideon and his servant down from the mountain into the valley where the Midian camp is located. And they're not going into the heart of the camp. That would be foolish. That would be unwise. Because you have to keep in mind that the Midianites are massive in numbers. Because verse 12 tells us that the, the, the Mennonites and the Amalekites and, and, and the people of the east, they lay along the side of the valley like locusts. It's a lot of them. You can't even count the Campbells. There's so many of them. And so going into the heart of the camp would turn the recon mission into a suicide mission. Wouldn't be wise. Wouldn't be wise for him to do that. Now, I know the Lord tells Gideon to go into the camp. That's what he told him, right? Once you go into the camp, you're going to hear something. And what you're going to hear is going to strengthen you. The Lord guarantees that, that he's going to, to get his hand strengthened for battle. It's a promise. This will take place. You will have strength when you hear what they're saying. But Gideon isn't going to let God's promise to him lead him to do something foolish. To make an unwise decision. He's not going to take the words of promise and run off blindly and aimlessly. Well, God promised me, so I I can just march right into the camp. Again, that would be foolish. He's going to exercise wisdom. He's going to exercise sound judgment. He's going to exercise common sense. The sovereignty of God does not make us idiots to make unwise decisions. It does not. It should lead us to be more responsible. So what is Gideon going to do? He's not going to the heart hard the camp. He's going to go to the outpost. He's going to the outpost. And the outpost, again, is a military term. It's a small military camp that's positioned some distance from the main camp. And at the outpost, there are soldiers at the outpost. Men or women who are there for one particular purpose. They have guard duty. So guess what? The Midianites aren't foolish either. They're protecting their camp. And these guards are there to, to to watch for a surprise attack. They're there watching for suspect behavior. So basically, if Gideon just rushes down, guess what's going to happen to Gideon? He's going to get picked off, basically. So him and his servant, they got to creep down to this outpost, creeping close enough to eavesdrop, but not so close that they can be seen. See, God didn't tell him how to do all that. He just told him to go. Creep enough to hear, but still remain unseen by the guards. So, basically, Gideon has to operate like a ninja, basically. Silent like a ninja. Get close enough to hear, but not so you can be seen. And when he gets to to the outpost, he hears what the Lord wants him to hear. And I love what is getting ready to take place in, in these next Street verses. For the Lord isn't going to, 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 to use a magic wand to wave away Gideon's fear. He's not going to go into his bag of magic tricks to give him the reassurance he needs. No, the Lord gives Gideon another sign. He's going to give him a sign. See, this will be the third sign that, that is given in the book of Judges in, verses six through in, in chapter 6 and 7. Gideon asked for the first two signs. But the third sign, the Lord gives it to him without Gideon even asking for it. Why? Why do you think the Lord does this? He does it because the battle belongs to him. He does it because he fully knows what his people need. He knows what you need without you asking for it, even before you ask it. And he gives you what you need Always at the right time. Gideon needs reassurance. And the Lord is going to give it to him. He tells Gideon to come down from the mountain to go down into the valley. Notice that. Because remember, the Midianites are in the valley. So basically, Gideon is going to receive the third sign in the valley. In the valley, he is going to be strengthened. In the valley, he is going to get reassurance down on the mountaintop. So what do you need this morning from the Lord? Do you need strength? Do you need reassurance of God's promises? You want him to take you out the valley? Sometimes he sends you into the valley to get the reassurance you need. Please know and embrace the truth that Yahweh Elohim knows what you need. And he will give it to you at the right time. David says in Psalm 56, be gracious to me, O Lord. Be gracious to me, O Lord. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long and attack or oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day, for many attack me proudly. For when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, who word I praise, and God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? What can flesh do to you? You have kept count of my tossings. You have put my tears in your bottle. Think about that. You have put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then when my enemies turn back in the day when I call. This I know, David says. This I know that God is for me. But do you believe that? Can you say that? This I know that my God is for Mean. Do you believe that? Not just in your head, not just in the books that you read, but in your heart and soul. Do you believe God is for you? That he's sovereign over your mountaintops experiences and he's sovereign over your valley experiences, too, because God is for his people. But his people have to believe it. And His people are those who have faith in him. And those who have faith in Christ are those who who have surrendered to him and those who trust him. So you can't expect reassurance from God for something that you don't have. You can't expect reassurance for something that you don't have. If you don't have salvation, if you don't have God's favor, if you don't have God's grace, if you don't have his mercy, if you don't have his acceptance, if you don't have his forgiveness, then you can't expect to get reassurance of those things. Because you only get those things through Christ that's the only way you get those things and when you come to faith in Christ you get those things because Jesus is the prerequisite of everything that God gives he is the requirement he is the conditional clause when it comes to the things of God if you don't have Jesus then you don't get this and if you have Jesus you get everything he is the center he is the source For he alone is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world, your sins, by his sacrificial death on the cross. So when you come to him in faith, you get salvation. You get grace. You get favor. You get forgiveness. You get acceptance. You get all God's love through Christ. And throughout your life, God will always reassure you of those things that you already have. Because you have them when it's hard to believe you have them. Your suffering and your struggles do not change your promises that God has given you in Christ. It feels like they have, but they have not. And God will minister to you in those times. He will give you comfort when you need it. He will give you reassurance when you need it. He will give you strength when you need it. He will give you motivation when you need it. He will do all those things on his timing. He will give it to you. But do you believe it? What does the song say? He may not come when you want him, but he will come. He's an all time God. But you have to believe he is. He's an all time God for Gideon in these verses. He is for Gideon. He is sovereign over Gideon. He knows Gideon is afraid. He knows Gideon needs reassurance. So he ministers to Gideon again through a sign, a third sign. So what is this third sign? It's the sign of a dream, through a dream. Now, the Lord speaking and working through dreams is not out of the ordinary in the Old Testament. Throughout Israelite history, you can find examples of the Lord speaking through dreams. If you read the life of Joseph, the Lord worked through dreams. It's a a supernatural mode of communication that the Lord used in the Old Testament. He used it to communicate to his prophets. In our text, the sound of the dream is going to minister to Gideon's fear. It's going to give him reassurance of God's promises to him. So when Gideon arrives at the outpost, he finally hears one of the Midianite men sharing a dream with one of his comrades. He says to his comrade, Where am I? When Kideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. He says, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley was bred, trumpled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned upside down so that it lay flat. That's the dream. On the surface, that makes no sense. I don't know how in the world can a, a bread, a cake come in and destroy a camp. doesn't make any sense. I'm sure when Gideon hearing that, he was like, now I don't know how to put the strength in my hands for battle, but okay, Lord, I'm going to stay here and listen for some more. So it's the interpretation of the dream that changes things. The interpretation becomes sweet music in Gideon's ear. The interpretation is what ministers to his fear. It gives him reassurance. It's not the content of the, the dream. It's the interpretation of the dream. An interpretation of the dream came from a fellow comrade. Again, the interpretation comes from someone who doesn't know Yahweh, from a pagan. This comrade said, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, a son of Joash, a man of Israel. Elohim has given into his hands many and all the camp. Do you understand what what is taking place in these verses? Can you see what the Lord is doing? That he plants a seed of doubt in the feet. Into the Midianite camp. The Lord does this without the help of Gideon. Without any assistance from Gideon. The Lord infiltrates the camp through a dream. And its interpretation. Who knew Yahweh Elohim was a Jedi master? I didn't know that. I mean that's a Jedi mind trick. It's a, it's a Jedi mind trick. It's a psychological tactic. That the Lord has done in the camp. The battle is over before it's even fallen. The outcome is already given and it's spoken by men within the camp. He, The man in the camp that interprets the defeat of his own people. Do you see that in these verses? The defeat of his own people. And I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, this is like a Hollywood movie to me. I'm like, what's going on? How, how, it's like you, things are so bad and all of a sudden they turn around and you don't know how it happened. That's how I, that's how I felt when I was writing the sermon. How in the world did this pagan know that that's the right interpretation? He doesn't even know Yahweh. He's not even a believer. I mean, how can this happen? What, how does he get this insight? It's, it happens because Yahweh Elohim is at work. He is not bound by any limitations. He uses unbelievers for his purposes. Our God sits in the heavens and he does what he pleases. And it pleases him to to minister to his people, to give reassurance to his people. The battle will always belong to him today, tomorrow, and, and forever. The Lord shows up for Gideon and his people in these verses. He shows up for them. Isaiah 14, 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, who can frustrate it? If God has planned it, who can frustrate it? As for his outstretched hand, who can turn it back? No one can. Job says, I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be frustrated. You've got to realize that, that God is not like us. That no matter what is happening in your life, or what is happening in the world... His plans would never be frustrated. Definitely his plan of redemption. His plan of making all things new to Christ. That would not be frustrated. That plan is going to pass. He is sovereign. And he is working his plan. Even when you feel like it is not working, he's working it. you got to believe that. For he's sovereign in the valley and he's sovereign in the mountaintops as well. He made a promise to Gideon, and he's honoring that promise. Nothing will frustrate his plan. The valley won't frustrate it. Gideon's fear won't frustrate it. The massive numbers of the Midianites won't frustrate it. And Gideon's lack of men won't frustrate it. Yahweh Elohim is faithful, and you've got to believe that. And so basically, in the words of MC Hammer, our guy is too legit to quit. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? That when it comes to his people, he's too legit to quit on you. He hasn't brought you this far to just cut you off. Though sometimes you may feel like that. But that's not reality. Can I ask you a few questions? Can can I ask you a few questions? Well, I'm going to ask you anyway whether you say yes or no. How do you respond when God finally shows up in your life? When he shows up in your fears, how do you respond? When he shows up in your uncertainties, when he shows up in your successes, in your brokenness, in your suffering, in your weariness, in your tiredness, how do you respond when he makes a way out of no way? Gideon's response is a response we all should have. When God showed up, it says, as soon as Gideon Heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation. This brother worshipped. He worshipped. Notice that it just came out naturally. He worshipped. He ministered to Gideon's fear and when God showed up, that was his natural response was worship. And guess what? He worshipped in the valley. He didn't go back to the mountain and do it. He he worshipped there. So when God shows up, in your junk, and he delivers you, and he provides for you, you should worship. You should you fall down on your knees and say, thank you, Jesus. Give him his props. Acknowledge him. Give him his due. Bless the name of the Lord for what he's doing in your life. I think most of us love to see a good military homecoming. You know, there's a good military theme in this sermon. So military homecomings, we love to see the responses of the families and the kids when their parent has come back from serving overseas. They haven't seen them in months. So we love to see their reaction, that initial reaction of love and I miss you. And so last year, Corporal James Bass was uh, deployed in Kuwait for for months. But when he came back home, he surprised his 8-year-old son. Corporal James showed up. At his son's school picture day his son had no idea about it so the son was actually taking a picture and his dad photobombed the picture the son didn't even know he was there so he was just posing like this and his dad was behind him with jazz hands posing (laughs) and then when he turned around and saw his father the son had two responses two responses when he saw his dad he said something then he had one reaction he said daddy and he leaped into his father's arms. Naturally. He didn't hesitate. Daddy, and he leaped. And the dad called him. When the Lord photobombs your life, or oh, he will photobomb it, when he photobombs your life, when he photobombs your family life, when he photobombs your struggles, when he photobombs your successes, when he photobombs your pain, when he photobombs everything you go through, What should be your response? Every battle, every trial. You should turn around. When you see him, you say, Daddy. And you leap into those everlasting arms. And guess what? He's going to catch you. And I'm going to end there. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that there's nothing in our life that you won't photobomb. And I'm glad that you do. You may not do it with jazz hands, but I praise you that you do. Because there's nothing that we go through that you're not with us. Every trial, every battle, every success, you're there with us. You would never abandon us. You would never forsake us. But you've got to help us. This is not to know that in our minds, but we've got to believe it in our hearts. So help our unbelief. And as we go out this week and engage, Lord, one more week, help us to go out with, with a confidence to know that you are for us. No matter what's happening in our country, the issues in our country, the issues in the world, you are for your people. Now, we will struggle. We may suffer, but you, we are not alone. You are with us. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to the bride of Christ in this church, minister to the bride of Christ across this world, and help all of us, help all the saints to know that God is forever for his people. In Christ's name I pray.